Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's wisdom. Today, I'm just going to open your eyes a little bit, right? Because I want y'all to come ready to challenge me um, in your own thoughts and study about this particular topic, okay? So the title for today is Appreciation Assets versus Depreciation Assets, right? Appreciation versus Depreciation Assets. Y'all going to stay with me, okay? I decided on that term because I felt um, it would definitely make what we're talking about here uh, practical from a leadership standpoint, from a business standpoint, and also in our lives, right? Uh, those of you who have listened for a while and maybe know or maybe you're new, I want to give you a perspective that I ter- personally believe in, and that is where a lot of my approach comes from. Um, I personally believe that entrepreneurship, leadership, all of the things that we do in our life is about our personal journey into a deeper relationship with Christ. Firm believer in that, especially for for believers per se, right? Those of us who are not believers, that's a whole other topic, but it definitely can lead you to that relationship. That's my personal belief. And so nothing is compartmentalized in the sense that it's separate. I don't see myself as a business person over here, but yet I'm a wife and a mother over here. Being a wife and a mother feeds into how I show up in my business and vice versa because I'm one person. I do not believe in double-mindedness, right? I'm not going to show up one way that I don't show up the other place. Now, you may not get full degrees, of that personality depending on the role or situation that I might find myself in, but at the same place, I'm the same person. It doesn't change. So when we talk about believers, we have to to understand that we have an asset that is beyond value, and it's not something that we can see right away. But oftentimes, especially in the marketplace, we can find ourselves as believers selling off the asset that appreciates in exchange for the one that depreciates. So I want to share a little bit of insight. The background scripture for this particular topic or the the story is going to come from Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34, and it is the story of Esau and Jacob. And we see in this this whole exchange, Esau is the firstborn, right? Right. And if you go and you read a little bit more, that their mother gets told by Jesus that, you know, the younger is going to end up being the leader. The the older will serve the younger. But anyway, Esau was born first. So according to the laws of the land at that time, he was entitled to the birthright, right? He was entitled to the blessing of the father because he was the firstborn. This was his appreciation asset. It was an asset that would appreciate over time. It was not something that was immediately attractive to him, right? But in the long term, it was going to be the most immensely valuable asset ever. However, in this exchange, he's out working, doing tilling the fields, and he comes in, he's hungry, he's tired, right? He's tired and he's hungry. And Jacob, at the time, his brother, the younger brother, basically, if some say tricked him, but I don't say tricked. I think he just took advantage of the opportunity because Esau had a lack of, of, of appreciation for the asset that he had. 
he was more concerned with a temporary issue or this foolish, careless exchange that he wanted to have to solve a temporary problem, okay? So he basically said he would sell his birthright if he would give him a pot of stew or a bowl of stew, right? And there is a phrase that's used called, it says, mess of pottage. And this is often used, it's been used in different terminology since the 1600s. And sometimes it's referred to in different paintings, and there's other different um, readings and writings, and if you go look it up, that they've used this term over time referring to what Esau did. It's now it's not in the English translations of the Bible, mind you, but there it is written in other researches and other things to reference that, right? Because in the Bible it's written as meal of Lenten stew, but this phrase mess of pottage, right? And so what that means, that mess of pottage connotates a short-sightedness and misplaced priorities. And I hope y'all following me because I know I'm giving y'all a lot, but I'm laying the groundwork for the next two days. Okay, so this phrase, mess of pottage, connotates a short-sightedness and misplaced priorities, right? So Esau had misplaced priorities and he had a short-sightedness because to him the birthright didn't mean anything because it did not have any immediate value to him. He was more concerned or he found that the immediate answer was more valuable, right, than a long-term appreciative asset. So he gave up a long-term asset for something that would depreciate. The lentil stew would be gone the moment he ate it. There would be no more. It no longer had value once he consumed it, okay? So my goal today is that I want us to understand how this relates to us in our life. Where are we misplacing our priorities and misplacing value, right, on things that depreciate, things that once they're consumed, once they're absorbed, once you've used it, it no longer has any value for you. And you are sacrificing your most appreciative, your most valuable asset, and that is your birthright, your standing in God, right, through Jesus Christ. You are willing to be disobedient to him because of a temporary solution, right, because you don't see the immense value of this long-term asset, right? If you study in investments, and we may have some financial uh, advisors listening, we have some in our community, so they may be listening, they may tell you and they may agree that it's something that appreciates in value is more important to you than something that depreciates. But we live in a society right now that is really honed in on getting us to buy into depreciating assets, things that cost a lot of money, but they depreciate over time. One prime example, and I'm just using this, and I ain't talking to nobody in general. I'm just, I'm a mother, right? So these don't relate to some things. So there's these phones. Right, cell phones. People who know me know I do not buy brand new phones. Never have and I never will. But there is a thing where you are buying cell phones that are extremely costly in value, right? They seem attractive because they got all the bells and whistles, latest operating system, all the great things. But this is a depreciating asset, right? It's an asset because it serves a purpose, but it's a depreciating asset nonetheless. It will never appreciate in value. Do you know why? 
because more of it can be made. They change all the time. So depreciating assets are subject to change, and anything that's subject to change does not have a lasting value, okay? Because that means a new model will come out, and then it won't be worth as much, okay? But an appreciating asset is something that stays the way it is, and more of it cannot be made, right? No more of it can be done. So it appreciates. It becomes more valuable over time. Okay? And so for us as believers in this practical walk, we have to understand that our standing in God is our appreciative asset because over time we are being more and made more and more like Christ, renewed daily through our walks, through the decisions that we make, into this thing because at the end where it matters the most, that is our most valuable standing that is going to matter. Our state, the conditions that we've experienced here in this world will not outweigh our standing. They are temporary. And your state is always subject to change. It will influctuate. There will be good days, bad days, highs and lows. There will be things in the world that seems to be unjust or some things that seem to be just. But it is not for you to measure your life, your standing by your state. Because your state is just a part of your nature. It's because we're human, and it's because we live in a fallen world where the enemy has been given dominion. He doesn't have power, but he does have dominion. That is a use of power. That's another different thing right there in a whole other study. But dominion and power are two different things. Dominion is the use of power. And power itself is the capability, right? The enemy doesn't have the capability, but he does have the use of power, okay? And because we live in a fallen world, our state is going to be subject to change because he is the author of confusion. He is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So every time you look around, it's going to be one thing after another. Things going to change. But your standing as a believer does not, and you are to walk and live in this land, make decisions in your personal life and your business based on your standing, not on your state. Because if you allow the state to be the thing that you base your decision on, you are more likely going to be led away from God's will faster than you realize. Because the enemy will make it seem attractive. He will give you a mess of pottage. It is the immediately attractive thing that has little value to now Take hold of your most invaluable asset, which is your birthright. Now, this is what I also want you to leave with today. Your standing doesn't change. So even if you happen to dwindle off course, even if you happen to be drawn away, your standing does not change. All you have to do is come to yourself like the prodigal son and have a change of mind and come back to the father. He doesn't, you don't lose your standing. You do not lose your standing. So if you're a business owner and you may have found yourself making some decisions because you've been chasing profit over what God has said to do, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up because the enemy comes to condemn you. God comes to correct you. So let today's message be a form of correction for you, not condemnation. That's not my goal here. It is for us to be enlightened so we are not confused and we are not easily distracted. But what we can know and what we can rest assured of is because of God's grace, we never lose our standing. 
All we have to do is do like the prodigal son and come to ourselves and turn away and turn back to God. And he's there waiting for us because it's not anything that we do to get our standing. Therefore, it's nothing we can do to lose it, right? And then we'll begin to see the more that we buy into God's word, the more that we study his word, the more that we apply his truth to every area of his, of our lives and not trying to leave God out of our business or trying to figure out how do we bring God into our business. We don't bring him in our business. He is our business. So everything we do, we build it because of him. We seek to do what he has instructed us to do based on the characteristic that he has created in us. So some of our businesses are going to look different. Some of our efforts are going to look different. Some of us may never be business owners, but we're all entrepreneurs. We're all serving in a state where we see a need and we are doing what we choose because of God's insight to show us how to meet that need. So maybe your need is to serve somebody else's vision. There is no need to look down on that. What you have to always do is say, God, what are you doing? Because he's always using you, working through you to do something. Right? And sometimes you are doing the same thing over and over. It's, that's the other part. We can't get so attracted to the new that we forget that God may not be finished with this, but we also can't get so comfortable with the old that we don't realize that he's finished with it either. So the main thing for us to do is to stay connected to him. Right? And even if you dwindle off the course, know that your standing doesn't change and your state gets improved by the more you go and lean on God, depend on Christ for all things. And your state will improve. Improvement of state doesn't mean you don't have disappointment, but it does mean you begin to be able to live through it, and you're not looking for an escape like Esau did. Okay? So I hope today's wisdom made sense for you. If it didn't, go unbox it. Go back and listen to it. But I hope you get what you needed to get. And then we'll be back here tomorrow on the line at the same time as we continue to go through this particular study. So you guys have a great and wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community, a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.